With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek geek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast boy the Devils decided to have an incredibly busy day um, here today on this uh, Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. And we are one day away from the uh, NHL draft. The Devils currently do not have a first round pick, but they do have several other picks. And joining me on this episode is somebody who has been on the podcast before. He's a good friend of mine. He currently writes and covers the New Jersey Devils for the Hockey Writers. We are welcomed again to have on Alex Chauvin-See. Alex, once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty well after what was a pretty busy day for the Devils. Yeah, the Devils had a very busy day, and it wasn't just that they had a very funny um, schedule release earlier today. Uh, The Devils were very busy, as were a lot of teams. Um, You know, the biggest one, I think probably the biggest move is the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois is on his way 
to Los Angeles with a nice eight-year, 8.5 per year contract, I believe it was reported. Yep. 8.5. So he'll be on his way to LA. Um, The fact that Winnipeg got as much as they did for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think is job well done by uh, Shovel Dayoff, and we'll see um, what those guys can bring to Winnipeg, and we'll see what type of uh, success that Pierre-Luc Dubois can bring to Los Angeles Kings. But we are here to talk about the Devils, and I was going to start with rumors, but I don't think that is appropriate. I think we need to start with what the Devils have actually officially done, and they've done a couple of things. The first thing, the first domino, because a lot of the guys that are involved in this are guys that we really didn't think were going to probably come back after this season, whether they were RFAs or UFAs. And the first guy uh, was Mackenzie Blackwood, who earlier today was traded to the San Jose Sharks for a 2023 sixth-round pick. Uh, they said they traded the rights to Blackwood, but I would assume that he's probably going to sign with San Jose. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, but um, Alex, I, I kind of feel like this was one of those, the writing was on the wall. You you, you heard how Blackwood was talking, um, you know, during his end of the year uh, interviews, basically saying he wanted to go where the opportunity was. And now he gets an opportunity to try to refine his game um, in San Jose. So what, what are your thoughts on that move? Yeah, so it was pretty obvious that the Devils weren't going to bring him back, uh, you know, after this season, uh, just with Vitek Vanacek kind of taking over the starter role and then Nikira Schmid having the breakout season that he did. Um, it just didn't really seem like there was a place for him. Um, you know, I think just getting a six-round pick is good work because you, know, you knew you weren't going to bring him back, so you didn't really have much leverage. And it's just for negotiating rights too, you know, it's better to get something rather than let him walk for nothing. Cause I, I think they probably wouldn't have qualified him making him an unrestricted free agent. So it's better to get a six round pick. Um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty minor trade. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully he does well in San Jose. I think the biggest issue for him right now is just, you know, maintaining his health. Um, so when he's healthy, he's actually a decent goaltender. Um, we've seen that from him even this past season when, he got some action. It was obviously inconsistent, but he did have some good moments. So we'll see what happens um, moving forward with San Jose. But yeah, I think that was kind of a no-brainer trade. And, you know, his name had been in the rumor mill for a little while. I think Pierre Lebrun, you know, had said that they were shopping him, trying to trade him. I think, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Saravalli had him on the trade board for a while, too. So not a surprise to see him go today. Yeah, it was definitely one of those guys that you didn't, you weren't surprised that he got dealt. I think I was more surprised that a deal happened today. I mean, you're you're not really expecting, you know, you never know when when a deal is going to end up happening. Um, I think just like you mentioned, I think the fact the Devils were able to get anything at all for Blackwood instead of letting him walk for nothing, I think is, um, you know, obviously best case scenario. Uh, You know, again, Blackwood, he just could never really get back to the form he was at a couple of years ago. Just a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of injuries. And now with, like you mentioned, you know, Vitek Vanacek, Akira Schmid, you know, even Nico Dawes, who unfortunately is going to be out until I believe mid-December or near Christmas time with an off-season surgery. And that actually kind of brings me to my next question for you, Alex. And we'll talk about this more when we kind of talk about the rumor mill. Um, But do you feel that the Devils are going to look potentially for a third goaltender and kind of go with the same route? Because I know you recently wrote an article about potential lower lower costing goaltenders that the Devils could very well look for and maybe potentially have a Kira Schmid play down in Utica for the good majority of next season. 
Yeah, I definitely think that's an option because um, Schmidt is not waivers eligible until 2025. I mean, I ideally, you probably don't want to keep him in Utica for two more years. You, you could probably do it for one more year since he just turned 23 years old and he probably still has some work, things to work on uh, as far as development. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I definitely think they're looking for a goaltender. Um, you know, obviously we'll get into Connor Hellebuck in a little bit, but right. um, there are, it's a pretty good free agent. I know the overall, the free agent class kind of stinks this year, but it's actually pretty good for goalies. Um, so if the Devils wanted to, you know, seek out a short-term option, um, uh, say like an Antti Ranta or Semyon Varlamov, if they're there on July 1, that would make sense. You sign them to two-year deals and then, you know, if you have to move one of them to free up the spot for Schmid in 2024, 25, you can do that. But um, yeah, I definitely think they're in the market for a goalie. I just don't, you know, I don't, after the Toffoli trade, which we're also going to get into, I'm sure in a second. um, Yeah. The cap becomes a little bit of a concern because they still have to re-sign Timo Meyer too. So I don't know what a Hellebuck trade will look like, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely think they're in the market for one. Yeah, I definitely, I'm not surprised either if that's, if that's the case, if that's the legitimate what they're doing, I think they are looking at it. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they, not saying that they're going to draft a goaltender in this draft and obviously stick him into the NHL right away, but I wouldn't be surprised if they look to try to add more depth in the goaltending position. That's something that Tommy Fitz has been known to do over the last couple of drafts with you know Nico Dawes and Tyler Brennan and Jakob Malik and guys like that. Wouldn't be surprised if he goes down that route again um, this draft, and obviously we'll see what he does once we hit uh, – July 1st. So yeah, Blackwood, uh, his time at the Devils is up. Not a surprise. And uh, we'll see what he can do uh, once he gets out to San Jose. But another one of the uh, longer tenured Devils now off the team. I think now he, I think Nico and uh, Brat might be two of the top three longest tenured Devils at this point. Um, yeah, they are. If um, you know, if Miles Wood doesn't resign, which it doesn't look like he is, then yeah, they right. become the two longest tenured Devils. And that was the next thing I was going to bring up. We got word via Elliot Friedman that the Devils have quote granted free agency. I think that's the way he put it uh, for Miles Wood, basically allowing him to go out and look for a deal. But it sounds like, based off of that tweet, that the Devils would like to do a sign and trade with Miles Wood. I believe is what they're looking for. Yeah, so Friedman, uh, I don't know, like an hour or two ago, um, even more than that, on this day has been kind of a blur at this point. But he <laughs> said um, the Devils uh, had given Miles Wood and his camp permission to talk to teams about finding a deal. So, you know, a sign-in trade would be interesting because the, the two sign-in trades we've had this year have been eight-year deals, but I don't think a team would sign Miles Wood to an eight-year deal. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they find a sign-in trade, what that would look like um, yeah. for him. You would have to think it'd be something like three or four years. But um, yeah, I mean, they're looking. Um, and if they can get another pick uh, back in return, which I think Fitz seems to want to collect as many draft picks as he can, whether it's to use at the draft or to pull off a trade like he did with the Foley, um, he's going to get the opportunity to do so. So we'll see if anything comes with Miles Wood over the next couple of days and if they can find a trade partner for him before July 1st rolls around and they lose his rights. I was going to ask you, do, do you think it's most likely that Woods probably played his last game in New Jersey? Or do you think there's still the chance that maybe the Devils just bring him back on a, another short-term deal? Um, I think after Friedman saying that they're giving him permission to speak the other teams, it probably means they're too far apart on a contract negotiation at this point. So I think he's gone. Yeah, I would imagine so too. And it's it's unfortunate. I think. 
I think the hip injury he sustained the year before, I think has really kind of hurt his, you know, what he's really good at doing, being fast, being physical. I, I feel like at times last year, he wasn't what he, especially in the second half of the year, I felt like he really was not the player that we had seen in the past. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And then we got the big one. Um, you know, it had been reported for the last couple of days, and I had mentioned it on a previous episode recently that Yegor Sharangovich had been getting a lot of calls from a lot of other teams. He is a RFA at, right now, um, probably will sign a new contract with the team that he's now with. Um, and it was really a matter of who was going to end up being the one to acquire him. I actually thought it was going to be Montreal. It seemed like the Canadians were being very busy, but once they acquired Alex Newhook, I didn't know if they were still in the market for acquiring another, um, another forward, but about an hour and change ago, uh, it was reported and made official that the New Jersey Devils have acquired Tyler Toffoli from the Calgary Flames in exchange for Yegor Sharangovich and also, I believe, a third-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was a third-round pick for this year, correct? Yeah, so that third-round pick is the one they acquired from the Damon Severson signing trade, which originally happened to belong to the Calgary Flames, so they get their draft pick back. Right, so the Devils acquire Tyler Toffoli, who just last week made it clear that he was not going to re-sign in Calgary, then again, that's pretty much what 90% of that team has said over the last two or three weeks. And so the Flames begin the, you know, getting rid of these guys. He's the first domino to fall. A guy who is making um, a decent amount of money, but not, you know, anything crazy. And a guy who's just coming off scoring, you know, 30 plus goals, had over 80 points. A guy who fits in very well in the top six. And... Okay. I think it is fair to say, Alex, that the chances of Tomas Tatar now coming back is probably slimmer considering that they just acquired um, Tyler Toffoli. But overall, and, and obviously Sharon Govich goes the other way, it sounded like that they were not going to be able to get a deal done. They weren't going to be able to afford to keep him. Even, even, at, even if they had gotten a Timo Meyer done deal first, I don't think they would have kept Sharon Govich anyway. So I want to get your your thoughts on a pretty big trade that the Devils made uh, to kind of cap off what has been quite the uh, impactful day for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, so I love this trade for the Devils. Um, we were talking about it before um, we came on, I started broadcasting here before, but like uh, I think it was at the end of last week when Elliot Friedman had said the, the, the Flames were making him available for trade. I just got an article out like the next day because I just thought the fit was such a so good for the Devils. Um um, the only issue that I kind of have with him is he's not a very good skater. Um, he's kind of slow, but the Devils have a ton of players that can kind of do that hard work in transition with him. Um, you know, Corey Schneider at Shutdown Line just tweeted, you know, the micro stats for him a little bit before we started recording. And he, you know, that's where I got that from. He said that, you know, the Devils have, you know, the Nikos, the Brats, the Jack Hughes that will take care of the hard work for him that can get him the puck. Um, but he's a really good finisher, um, good two-way player. He's not just an offense first winger. His defensive impacts are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll be like a 34, you know, 70, a 34 goal, 73 point player again, but he's definitely, you know, a good bet for like 20 to 30 goals and 50 plus points, uh, yeah. especially with this team. He's also really good on the power play. So he'll add a little bit of value there. 
Um, it's just a really good trade, and I was actually kind of surprised the Devils didn't have to give up a first-round pick for him. I didn't think that was the greatest of returns for the Flames. Like, Sharon Govich is a nice piece. Um, you know, he, yeah. We know he can score 20 to 25 goals in the right situation, um, and if the Flames can keep someone like Elias Lindholm moving forward, that would definitely benefit him. Yeah. Um, but I'm still surprised that they only had to give up a third-round pick, especially since based off the season Toffoli had and then his contract being so, you know, as valuable as it is. Uh, that's a really good work by Tom Fitzgerald to take advantage of a situation that, you know, yeah. really benefited the Devils. I, I, I'm wondering when they're going to start building the Tom Fitzgerald statue because it feels like every time he makes a deal, it ends up being way more beneficial to the Devils than it does maybe the team he's dealing with. And I think – you know, I, I had thought about Tyler Toffoli when he was made available in trade, and I agree with you that he would be a really good fit on this team. I, I just can I, I wonder to myself if there were other offers that were made. I would imagine there were from other teams. I'm curious to know why this one was so enticing to Calgary. I'll, I'll try to get that information if I can from some people in Calgary that I know. Um, but I'm sure – Tyler Toffoli is excited for the opportunity to come to a team that has the opportunity to make a run at a Stanley Cup starting, you know, this upcoming season. I think Tom Fitzgerald has made it clear that he believes this team can go very far. And adding a guy like him on the power play, I think, is the most important thing because, you know, the Devils, let's face it, their power play is one of their biggest weaknesses. And we saw it a lot in the playoffs in particular that it really was a problem. And you need to add more finishers to this team. We have a lot of guys that can set up guys very well, you know, Jack Hughes in particular, but not a lot of guys that can truly finish, you know, scoring. And I think Tyler Toffoli certainly brings that. So, yeah, obviously the Devils had a very busy day today and they and they cap it off, I think at least for right now. I'm hoping that they don't do something in the next hour <laughs> yeah, and change working on this. I don't want to... I don't, I don't want any more major moves. Um, they did also make one minor move yesterday on Monday Monday uh, afternoon. They traded Riley Walsh to Boston in exchange for Shane Bowers. Um, you know, I, I kind of explained it in the last episode, but Alex, I wanted to get your thoughts really quickly just on that move um, as well. Yeah, so obviously minor league trade, um, uh, just with uh, Shimon Nemitz coming up, uh, and I think the Devils will probably try to look for maybe a veteran right-handed D for this uh, coming season. There just wasn't really a place for Riley Walsh, um, you know, with the organization moving forward. So they did right by him, and they sent him back home to Boston, uh, a team that, you know, they need to take chances on some of these guys who are on entry-level deals or cheap. Uh, I think he's a restricted free agent this year, but he'll be cheap to resign. Um, so, you know, they need kind of guys like that with their cap situation and there's, should be a roster spot for him to at least a spot for him to compete for a roster spot in uh, training camp with the Bruins. So they did right by him. Um, yeah. I wish him well there because you know, I don't think a, there was a, a place for him to break through with the devils. I agree. And, uh, obviously <laughs> I, I speaking to a lot of people who are fans of the Utica Comets, they're obviously huge fans of Riley Walsh and what he was able to do. With the comments over the last couple of years, and uh, like I said, everybody else, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it, it just wasn't going to work out here. And uh, you know, I'm sure Riley will get maybe more opportunities in Boston. Shane Bowers is a former first round pick um, who has he's had a pretty tough go of it in his professional career. A couple of injuries, yeah. he had COVID, I think twice or even three times, something crazy like that. And he's played about the same amount of games in the NHL as Riley Walsh. So. 
And I know that Dan McKinnon, the assistant GM of the Devils and GM of the Comets, said he wanted to add more forward depth to Utica. And so he adds probably second line or third line center um, to uh, to the Comets. So we'll see see what he does with that. But yeah, that's pretty much what the Devils have done up until this point. I'm saying that, you know, very carefully because I'm constantly looking at my phone and it makes sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, but now let's shift quickly here to the things that could happen or could have happened, you know, rumors and all that stuff. And uh, obviously two of them are no longer, you know, make sense because they've already been determined. But we'll talk about the one that is still very much up in the air. And uh, that's Connor Hellebuck. Uh, I mean, you, you've talked about it several times. Uh, I know Elliot Freeman even said what as early as yesterday that not a whole lot is going on, at least right now, with the Hellebuck situation. But for basically what we know at this point is that Hellebuck is not going to go back to Winnipeg after this season, and he plans on going somewhere else. He, I don't know if he's personally expressed interest in going to the Devils, but I'm sure he's expressed interest in several teams. And he currently wants a long-term deal at Vasilevsky money of $9.5 million. And I got to be honest with you, Alex, I'm not really in the market to sign a guy like that for that long, long-term and that amount of money between the pipes. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And I wrote about that last week or whenever that rumor came out. Um, like I'm not opposed to acquiring Connor Hellebuck, but for Vasilevsky type money and even even five years at that term, it's just a big, at uh, that money, I mean, is just a big no-go for me. Uh, I think you know, one thing I, I didn't write an article about this really, I, I mentioned it in passing in my news and rumors thing that I do weekly, um, but like a one-year rental for Hellebuck, I think would be a smart idea because one, it lowers the trade cost for um, acquiring him from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, if, he you and that time you don't have to sign him right away obviously if you're doing the one right. rentals you just kind of talk over the months and you try to get him to agree to a team-friendly deal and if he doesn't want to agree to that you can let him walk next summer or you can you know trade him in a sign and trade um and try to recoup some assets so uh you could do that um i think the smart thing for the devils would right now is just to let the goalie market play out and see where everyone lands and if connor hellebuck is still in winnipeg after all these teams acquire goaltenders that's your chance to go in there and you could probably swoop in there and get him for lower value like you just did with Tofoli. so i don't know if a trade with hellebuck is going to happen before july 1st i think it's something that could hang on even later than that. Um, you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if it went past July 4th. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. But I think the smart thing for the Devils now is just to be let the goalie market play out and see where things stand. Because you don't need the goalie right now. You have Vanacek and Schmid. And then if you really think you're out of it with um, – if you really think you're out of the, 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 the Hellebuck sweepstakes, you can sign someone on July right. 1st if you know by then. Or – I think with Nico Dawes' injury, they're going to sign a, a veteran third goalie anyways or trade for like a, a third goalie somewhere just to have that insurance because uh, mm-hmm. then you're, you know, you don't want Tyler Brennan getting thrown into the uh, thrown into the, the Lions then uh, in the, the minor league. So we'll see what happens there. But I yeah. think right now just let things play out with Hellebuck and see where it is in a week or two. I, I did read, um, you know, your the, the little thing you, you wrote about Hellebuck uh, a couple of days ago and, you know, kind of uh, your news and notes type thing. And I actually really like the idea that you kind of brought up of acquiring Hellebuck for the year as like a rental 
see where things go, see if he likes it. Maybe they sign him to a team-friendly deal. And in worst-case scenario, well, not even worst-case scenario, like if it doesn't work out, you could do a sign-and-trade and maybe even potentially get a decent amount back for him um, if he if they end up not making that deal. But I, I'm, I am curious to know, let's say the Devils do acquire Hellebuck, and let's say it is for just that one year, because it's clear that Tom Fitzgerald is not afraid to make a deal for a guy without an extension. We just saw it with acquiring Timo Meyer, and they're still working on an extension uh, right now. And we're going to talk and about Tyler Tim- Toffoli, too. And Tyler Toffoli. That is a good point. He is apparently working on that. Um, but what would the, what do you think the Devils would give would have to give up? I'd say half to give up to acquire Connor Hellebuck as just a rental for the year. Uh, that's a pretty good question because you don't see it. Uh... You don't see that happen too often, uh, like one-year goalie rentals. Like you see it with position players a lot of the time, but right, yeah, like um, especially for a goalie of Halibut's caliber, that does not happen. Um, and goalies tend to get less than people think in trades, just because the position is so volatile. You know, the whole thing is always goalies are voodoo. So um, it's kind of like running think, back to the NFL a little bit, the way it's yeah, like it's a, back. yeah, it's a good comparison. Um, so like. If you're just acquiring him for a one-year rental, I think Vanacek stays, and then you put Schmid and Utica, because you know Schmid's your future. Um, so you kind of just you let right. him ride at that point. Um, I think the key too is, you know, if you're acquiring him for a one-year rental, would the Jets be willing to retain on uh, his contract for that one year? If it's uh, you know, if, can they, if they could bring the cap hit down from six point one million to say like something in the fours that would make a difference for the devil since they just acquired to Foley and are adding a little bit more money to the books and they still have to do the Meyer negotiation too. Right. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you what, like, I'm not going to sit here and like tell you, I have an answer what it would cost to acquire him in a one-year rental. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of comparisons that I can think of off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Um, it would definitely be less than in a sign and trade. Um, and I, I don't think they'd have to give up anything too crazy in a one-year rental. Let's put it that way. Do you? I've had several people ask me this question, and I wanted to get you know your thoughts. Do you think an Alexander Holtz would be involved even in a rental deal for Connor Hellebuck? Uh, I think if it was in a sign-in trade, there'd probably be a pretty good chance he'd be involved. But in a one-year rental, I, I can't really see it unless the Devils are really like just you know they think there isn't a place for him moving forward with the organization. I could see then they just might want to part ways with them. But in a yeah. one-year rental, that would seem like a, a big risk to me. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious because I, I know uh, Ryan Novazinski of NJ.com wrote a recent article about the Devils have made it clear to to Holtz, basically without, basically without really saying it, that this is the most important year of his career. I think considering yeah, how he sure. went last year and considering where he is in his entry-level contract and things like that, that he really needs to – he needs to take that next step in his career, and and I think, and I think you're seeing Tom Fitzgerald make moves to create competition and also to kind of set, you know, to kind of protect himself in case things don't go the way that you know he he's hoping that they do. So I guess we'll we'll see about that. And as far as Connor Hellbuck's concerned, you know, it's really not like it, it's not like the Devils are pressured to do this. They kind of hold a lot of the cards in this sense because, like you mentioned, they still have Schmidt in. Um, you know, Vanacek, who I've said numerous times that I have no problem with starting the season with them in net. 
I do think that they can bounce back. I am curious about the fact that you mentioned Nico Dawes is out till Christmas time, at least with his offseason surgery. I don't know. Did they ever say what exactly he got surgery on, or did they just yeah. say it was offseason surgery? Yeah, I think um, I've, I've been saying it in my article, so I hope I'm right on this, but I'm pretty sure it was a hip procedure. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we'll, you know, obviously we'll, we'll see how that affects everything. I think even if they don't acquire Hellebuck, I do agree with you, Alex. I think they'll end up with a veteran netminder. Um, I think Ronta would be awesome because I've been a yeah. huge fan of Ronta for years. Um, I, I would have said Linus Allmark three years ago when he was available from Buffalo, but now that's not happening. Um, and he just won the Vesna, so maybe I wasn't that crazy. Uh, I know somebody <laughs> mentioned also maybe John Gibson, but I think the money in term is to and we've talked about it. Yeah. You've been on the podcast before, Alex, and we've talked about Gibson in the past being a very unlikely option that the Devils would want to do. Yeah, I agree. I think the I mean, yeah, it seems like kind of obvious that the Pittsburgh Penguins just seem like the perfect destination for him right now. Pittsburgh native, they have Kyle Dubas there, so he might be looking to shake things up instead of uh, bringing back Tristan Jari. So I could see the Penguins making a move for him. But as far as the Devils, like that contract, um, I think he's got like four years left on it at a pretty pricey yeah. cap hit. So, yeah, I can't see it. Nope. Um, the other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on is the fact that, you know, we it's you know we still don't have a Timo Meyer deal set, but we've heard nothing but good things. Uh, Elliot Freeman said recently that, quote, the Devils are – very much grinding away at this deal. Like the, he describes it. I remember I, I had to go look this up. Freeman described the same thing last year with the Brett negotiations, that it was the same grinding it out, trying to get a deal done. But in, instead with Timo, he's made it clear. He wants an eight year deal. He wants to be a devil for a good majority of the rest of his career. And then I guess my question Alex, is that what do you think might this might potentially be the reason why we haven't gotten a deal done up until this point. Um, I just think, you know, it's a big number that they're trying to get it done with them. It'll be more than just for Brad. I'm not sure how much more, but it will be more than him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it got announced this week. I think it would be, I'm sure the devils would like it to be done before July 1st rolls around. That way they have an idea of what really have like an idea of what their cap situation is uh, right. heading into free agency. So I wouldn't rule it out happening over the next few days, but I don't think it's going to be like Jesper Bratt's situation last year where it gets down to the 11th hour before an arbitration hearing. I think that's going to get wrapped up pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure there's mutual interest, you know, in wanting to get something done here. Like Friedman said on a podcast, uh, 32 Thoughts, you know, last couple episodes or whenever that was. So I'm expecting it to get done. Um, I don't really yeah. think there's one thing behind it. I just think the Devils have been kind of busy with other stuff. There was a Jesper Bratt negotiation first. And then, right. You know, we see it today. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood getting traded. Uh, they're talking, letting Miles Wood talk to other teams. Maybe something comes out of trading Ryan Graves too. the Tyler to fully trade. So it's just a lot of stuff going on right now. I don't yeah. really think there's like one thing that's preventing it from getting it done. And I, I saw – I mean, I saw after the Devils acquired to full, I saw some fans in my mentions concerned that they admit they're not going to sign Timo Meyer, but I don't know why that would be they the still case. still have $19 million in cash. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to, if they need to clear more money, they will. So I don't really know why yeah. people are freaking out about that, but there's no reason to be concerned. <laughs> no, I, I agree. This, there's nothing, you know, this is a, I, I think, I think Tom, Tommy Fitz is, 
you know, continuing to add talent to this team and he's making it even more enticing for even a guy like Timo to be like, hey, you know, we're really trying to go for it here. And we we can we feel we can go for it for a good amount of time. And, um, you know, I, I think like I agree with you, I think a deal will get done. I don't think Timo really has any interest going somewhere else. Um, I think he's made that clear. Um, and also, I've said it before to a lot of people that, you know, it's not it's not like Timo's going to be able to get a long-term deal from a lot of teams, a lot of teams trying to win right now because a lot of teams are obviously stuck in, a, you know, pretty rough cap situations. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, look at Tampa. You know, Tampa, I don't think it's going to be able to afford keeping Ross Colton around. And I think Ross Colton will probably hit the free agent market. You know, you have, you have different guys like that, you know, and so we'll – We'll see what happens with the team. I, I keep saying we'll see what happens because that's about as bu- best as I can describe it because there's yeah. no other way to really describe it. So, you know, all in all, the Devils certainly had an incredibly busy day. And uh, I think only things are going to get busier as the days go on. And yeah. now let's shift to what, you know, is really intriguing to me that I want to get your thoughts on. And that is the draft. Now, the Devils don't have a first round pick. They're not even in the top three this time. So in terms of interest in the first round for the Devils, I mean, you could watch it if you feel like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the the Hockey Podcast Network is going to be doing a live watch along of the entire first round. So make sure you guys go check that out. But the Devils do have some other picks later on in the draft. And as we've seen in the past, the Devils have had a pretty good track record of n- hitting on guys in later rounds, you know, Jesper Bratt to be probably the biggest example of that. Even Sharon Govich, I believe, was like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, fifth round, He's, I think. Yeah. Fifth round pick. And obviously he turns into Tyler DeFoley. I mean, but Sharon Govich is a decent player in his own right. He's not he's not a terrible scorer in his own right. But I, I kind of want to get your thoughts because we know how deep this draft is. We know the type of guys that are going to get drafted in the first round. But I want to get I want to get your thoughts and your ideas about potential guys that the Devils could be looking for in the later rounds. I know I think you recently wrote an article about that or kind of described some guys the Devils could be going after. So uh, I would love for you to share um, some of those guys that Devils fans maybe should keep their eye on uh, in the later rounds of this draft. Yeah. So for the second round, assuming that they still have that pick on day two of the draft, they don't trade it away. I think they will keep it, but you never know. Um, I, for me, um, just cause of the way the class is this year, I think it would be smart to go for a forward. Um, it's just, a, it's a forward heavy class for the most part. So that would be the, the good pick or the good, I guess, path to take, um, with the right. 58th pick. Yeah. One guy I like a lot is a Finnish skater called, uh, named Lenny Neiman Haminaho. Uh, he played it okay. for us. Uh, Excuse me. He played for a SOT in the Liga this year and had 21 points in 52 games. You know, it's a top pro league in Finland, so that's pretty impressive production. Um, I think if he's there at 58, he'd be a pretty good pick. Uh, another player I like a lot is Nick Zardis from the OHL. He has a really wicked shot and is a pretty good skater. He's a bit on the smaller side, but that shot is really impressive, and he seems like the type of player that the Devils could target with the 58th pick. I think mm-hmm. he'll be there. Unlike Hami Naho, I'm not really sure. I think he could be off the board by the time that pick uh, happens. If the Devils want to go for a defenseman, um, Aaron Manadian, uh, who's a Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey native and attended Bergen Catholic for a couple years and grew up a Devils fan, uh, that'd be someone to consider at the 58th pick. I like Bo Akey, too, who's another good defenseman from mm-hmm. the OHL. Um, I forget which team, but... Uh, 
yeah, he's a good player from the OHL. Um, that if they want to go defenseman, I think if he's there, that would be a good pick. But for me, at fifty-eight, I would be leaning towards a forward. Um, yeah, I could go through a bunch more. Uh, like Alex Chernik is another good one. He played uh, Slovak forward who played, uh, I think, grew up in Sweden and played come up through the Swedish hockey system. There's yeah. a, if he's available, that would be another good pick. Um, you know, we talked about goalies before too. I definitely think they're going to take one. Somewhere in the middle be, round. Do, you, do you think it'll be Riley Mercer? I really wanted to ask this question. Because oh, is he draft I, eligible? This I year? believe he is draft eligible, if I'm not mistaken. And by the way, in case you didn't figure it out, Riley Mercer is the younger brother of Devils forward Dawson Mercer. Currently, Riley Mercer is a goaltender for Drummondville in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, if he's draft eligible, I could, you know, maybe take a, a swing at him and like in a like late round Like pick. a late round pick, you know, like... Yeah, Somewhere. I could definitely see that. Um, you know, the, the one goalie that I wrote about that, uh, well, there's obviously Thomas uh, Suhanek, who was uh, really good for Team Chechia at the World um, Junior Championships. And then he had a pretty solid season in the Western Hockey League with the Tri-City Americans. He had like a 9-12 save percentage, but he's also a double overager. He just turned 20 years old recently. Yeah. So there's always risk uh, taking a player like that. Also, you know, you look at the success the goal Russian goalies have had, um, in the NHL, I mean, the three of the best goalies in the world are Russian, you know, Sorokin, Shesterkin, and Vasilevsky. There's one goalie who should go in the middle rounds, who I wrote about in my piece today, looking at late round picks. His name is Yegor Zavregin. And since the Devils don't have any Yegors left, they got to get one back in the system. You have to have um, at least one on this team. Yeah, there has to be one Yegor in the system. So Yegor right. Zavregin had a really good season in the Russian Junior League. If they want to take a flyer on him in the fourth or the fifth round, you know, that's someone they could look at too. Um, Adam Gajan, or Gajan, however you pronounce that. I'm sorry if I'm butchering you your name but he was good for team slovakia at the world juniors too and he could be someone they look at in the middle rounds at the in net yeah obviously there's a lot you know you mentioned a lot of really intriguing guys uh something that we're certainly going to keep um our eyes on and uh i i saw you tweet something that i thought was really funny you were like you're like i'm really big on like getting these draft picks for like rfas or something like like tommy fitz because it seems like like, give me love, all the draft picks. Right, give me all the draft right. picks. Right, he's trying yeah. to he, he's trying to do it in the way that Sam Hinkie is doing it with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, or not Sam Hinkie, um, the, the whoever the GM is of the Oklahoma City Thunder, oh, the NBA. Uh, just, Sam Presti. Sam Presti, yeah, yeah Sam yeah, Presti, yeah. who wants all the first round picks and wants full control of the NBA for the next fifteen years. But Tommy Fitzman, despite obviously getting talent for the NHL team, he is not afraid to acquire picks to use to draft guys because the development team has improved a lot over the last couple of years. You know, he's built a very extensive development group and uh, you know, I'm really curious to see what the devils end up doing. I'm wondering if they'll get any more picks. They probably will. If they're looking to move some other guys, I know that, you know, you mentioned Ryan Graves is a guy that could very well be moved. Maybe Jesper Boquist. I I feel like though, they're going to bring him back for some reason, but I, I'm yeah. not sure. Um, uh, I know Michael McLeod and Bastion. I, I heard that it, it's pretty much only a matter of time before they get a deal, and it's not going to be anything crazy. And then obviously free agency, and, I, and I, I, that was kind of something I wanted to bring up to kind of wrap this up. Here is the fact that free agency follows just a couple days after the draft. I know that the Devils aren't officially set on re-signing or you know signing everybody they want, but. What do you think is going to be the direction of the Devils in the in the free agent market? Are they, you know, we mentioned goaltending, but 
Are there other guys out there, maybe even like bottom six forwards or uh, like you mentioned, a veteran defenseman that the Devils could be looking for? Like what could the Devils, uh, what could the fan base potentially expect from the Devils in terms of free agency? Yeah, so I don't think they're going to be crazy active in free agency this year. Like there's, well, first of all, there isn't a Ducky Hamilton type like elite talent in free agency this year. So you can't even target one if you wanted to. But even trying to like, they're not going to like, some of the free agents I thought that they could target, like a Michael Bunting or a Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, I thought that they, those were guys that they could have targeted. But after the Tyler Toffoli trade, I would probably, you know, take them off the board at this point. I could see a bottom six forward. It would have to depend on price. Um, you know, I wrote about this recently too, but I forget the names that I mentioned, honestly. Um, but I, I could see if, Jesper Faust as an option is on the bottom six. That wasn't me, but that was uh, Josh Reinitz who just started. Oh. Uh, writing for us at the hockey mm-hmm. writers, he did mention that. And I do right. like fast as a fit for the bottom six, but uh, it just depends. I don't know what his contract would look like. So yeah. now you, you have to start thinking after getting to Foley wanting to get a Meyer trade done. And if you still want to fit in Hellebuck too, you start to have to start thinking about right. salary cap a little bit. So if they're going to sign a bottom six forward in free agency, it'd really have to be something that makes like perfect financial sense for them. Um, yeah. If they don't get a Hellebuck and they go for a goaltender, then they'll have their options in free agency. And I do think, you know, even though we know Nemitz, Luke Hughes, and Kevin Ball like could be good for a long time, that's a really young and experienced group um, on the back end. So that's why I could see them going for a veteran defenseman uh, in free agency. I'm thinking like a Nick Holden kind of type, someone mm. a veteran who's been around for a long time. Uh, is Goodbranson well. available or is he the defense? He's still with Columbus. So, he's still with Columbus, um, yeah. Yeah, he's still got like two years left on that thing. Yeah. Or three years. Somebody, or, um, no, I'm not thinking of Gabranson. I'm thinking of uh, Gustafson. Oh, Eric Gustafson, right? Eric Gustafson, yeah. yeah. I, I think someone mentioned Eric Gustafson as a potential. Uh, was that you? Did you mention That wasn't Gustafson? me, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, Somebody mentioned Gustafson as an option as like a – lower tier defense. I think it might've been James Nichols of New yeah, Jersey. I Hockey mean, I really Hockey. like him. I just think he's going to be a little bit too expensive for the devils. Um, he's yeah. a really good offensive defenseman. Like really, he's quite underrated offensively, but I, I think he'd be out of the devil's price range to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have kind of wondered about Connor Clifton. Like if that would make sense. Um, New Jersey native. Exactly. He's yeah. From Middletown. Uh, he's from, he's like, he grew up like 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. He's from down the shore somewhere. Right. In yeah. Area. Middletown. Yeah, so um, well, he was born in Long Branch, but grew up in Middletown. Went to CBA. Um, oh, nice. Not where he played yeah. college hockey. I've been blanking on where he went to college, and then he went to the Bruins. So yeah, so if I mean, I think it would he would have to be kind of open to taking a bit of a team friendly deal, but maybe that would appeal to him. So, so he could play a little closer to home. You have friends and family that come and see your games at the Prudential Center. I, I kind of wonder if they would look at him just as like of a short term option you know just to make sure you have some someone who can play that position in case Nemitz isn't ready yet um so I think it'll be like those types of moves in free agency I'm not expecting them to do anything too big uh, you know yeah. if they're going to make some more acquisitions here I think it'll probably be through trades um rather than free agency that seems to kind of be the way Tom Fitzgerald normally goes about acquiring other players if you think about the majority of the guys he has acquired it's been through trades. You know, we acquired Ryan Graves in a trade from Colorado, got Timo from San Jose. Um, you know, Dougie was a free agent pickup. You know, he's a big time free agent yeah. pickup. We got, I feel like I'm blanking on. Uh, yeah, Vanacek was a trade. 
Vanacek John in the trade. Marino. John Marino yep. just popped up in my head too. So, yeah. John Marino as well. I feel like we all forget John Marino on this team sometimes. <laughs> right. I feel like he, he's like probably our best defensive. Jonas Siegenthaler acquired right. him That's from, another from good Washington. Yep. Uh, so, you know, free agency, you know, Tommy Fitz is, has tried to swing big. You know, if we remember just last offseason, he tried to acquire Johnny Gaudreau and, you know, it didn't work out, but I think it worked out for the best in terms of where the Devils are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look at it. There's other options out there. Um, do you think, because I've had people ask me this because they want it for nothing other than the fact that he grew up a Devils fan and he's from Jersey. It, it, there's probably very little chance the Devils can afford to bring in Connor Clifton, I would imagine, right? Um. Yeah, I I don't remember his contract projection off the top of my head, but I think it was something like three by three on evol- evolving hockey. So he would have to be open to taking, you know, I think less term and definitely less money for that to happen. But, you know, if he really wants to play in his home state, maybe he's open to that. And, you know, I think one thing we have to see with free agents too is that the salary cap is really going to take a big jump in the next couple of years. So maybe they're more open to these short-term deals. And then once the cap jump happens, they yeah. you know, they take the, the the big payday then. So maybe he's thinking that too. It's It's tough to say. And that's what I thought about the whole Brad situation. I thought that they were going to decide on a shorter term four or five year deal and give Brad the opportunity to maybe make more um, after his contract is up with the salary caps up. But obviously sign a long term deal at a pretty, pretty decent, you know, certainly a pay raise. Um, I think the only guy I think it's fair to say that the only reason that Jack Hughes is going to get paid less than Timo is because Jack Hughes's contract at this point is pretty much a bargain considering how well he played this past year and the potential that he has moving forward. So yeah, overall, I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff involving the Devils. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a much different looking team than we saw last year. I mean, we're going to see the majority of the same guys, but there's going to be some new faces on this team. We've already seen it, you know, acquiring Tyler Toffoli and and uh, the Devils are not done. They still have some ways to go, and there might be some other guys that might be joining uh, this team in the Garden State in the coming days and uh, weeks ahead. But Alex, as always, man, thank you so much for coming on today. Before I let you go, as I always do, I like to roll out the red carpet and let uh, give you the opportunity to let the folks know where they can uh, check out your work and anything you got going on, including your podcast as well. So floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter, Alex C underscore THW. Um, I write for the Hockey Writers primarily, but I also contribute, you know, two to four articles a month for Infernal Access, which is Todd Cordell's website. And you can find him on uh, Twitter and then at Infernal Access. Um, yeah, I just, before I actually hopped on here, I recorded my podcast, which is uh, Devils on the Rush. Uh we just started that podcast when the Toffoli news broke too. So we kind of like in the middle, not even in the middle, like we just started it right away. We're like, cause I got the text that, you know, the Toffoli trade was happening and mm-hmm. um, I'm like, just wait a minute. It's going to get out there in a second. And then we just started the podcast like that. So you can find us there. Um, I have a separate account for that too, which is at NJD on the rush. Uh, there's an underscore somewhere in there, but I think if you type NJD on the rush, you could find it. Um, and yeah, that's the best places to find me is on Twitter. I'm not really anywhere else, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Well, you know, again, as always, Alex, we really appreciate you taking time. I know this was a uh, short notice, but nonetheless, I do appreciate you coming on. Be yeah, interesting uh, for the draft. We'll see how things go with that. And we'll see if the devils decide to break any more major news over the next 
a couple of days. Hopefully one of them is a Timo Meyer extension. So we shall see. But uh, Alex Gamet, thank you so much. And as always, man, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast. But uh, appreciate yeah, you talking for having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on again. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 8-1800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus like required for one 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, draftkings.com, slash baseball terms.